This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MQ1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, Joe, second podcast of the week. Uh, this time, focusing on more more current events and more per se, and and two games to cover as well as a massive game at SCNK to look forward to on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, it's um, well, on the pitch stuff. I think we're focusing on today, really. Isn't yes. It? Yeah, absolutely. And um, but before we even get into that, we've got I actually teased on our, on our socials earlier. We have got like a little little award show that we introduce for sort of month to month as each month passes by. Um, so yeah, Joe, why don't you take it away and read off some of some of our MK1 awards for for August twenty twenty three? Yeah, so I mean, easy to start off with player of the month. Um, I am personally, uh, for me, it's a tough one, but I think just the, the quality that he's shown. And then I also think we really missed him on Saturday was uh, Mo Issa. Um So in the month of May, I think he played five games in League Two, scored four goals, different types of goals as well, scored two with his head, um, scored one, um, uh, what was it? He scored one against Wrexham that was just absolutely brilliant. He just uh, sort of kind of yeah, found six, himself six, out of the muddle and slotted in really well. Um, and then also you had the one at Crawley where, Okay, it wasn't necessarily a good finish, but he was making the run and he got the ball and it 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 paid off. And I think even off the ball, I think he's been really lively. I think we've seen a different side to him. And I think he's led the line really well and really admir- admirably, to be quite honest with you. So he's my pick. I think Alex Gilby ran him close um, as well, just to put that out there. Yeah, I think Mo and, and Gilbs are very, two very good shouts. Um David, we asked him to your guys' nominations. David gave it to Daniel Harvey. Um, he said his attitude's been top tier, not only on the pitch but towards the fans as well. And yeah, I think I think that, two that's goals as well. Two goals exactly from wing back, which you know we didn't. Yeah, you know, we said in our um, transfer episode that maybe this might be a more prolific season for Dan attacking wise. Uh, Jonathan actually said one of my candidates, Cameron Norman. Uh, really, really impressive him so far since coming in from Newport. I think he started in really, really well. Um and yeah, as Jonathan said, you know, consistent and should be playing at par in, in the in the divisions potentially. And I think hopefully that'll be the case for us next season. Uh but I am gonna go Alex Gilby. Um the boring answer, but I think he's been really, really impressive this first month. Obviously got 
got some goals as well against um of course the one against Colchester, but ran all over the pitch, been absolutely fantastic and it's shown why, you know, he essentially he's been given you know, the captain's armband straight away pretty much. Um leader on and off the pitch. Um and great with the fans and great in terms of the other team the rest of the team as well. So yeah, Gilby for me, but I think Murray's a great shout as well. So for your for unsung hero, are you gonna lead us off with Cameron Norman? Is that your choice for unsung hero? I think that's a fair shout. Um I mean, I think people maybe don't appreciate how much how hard it is to come into a team in that position and do what Cameron Norman's done. You know, getting a number of assists from funnily enough from some of most goals as well. Um and just slotting into the new team and basically just carrying on with the status quo that you had at Newport is it's really, really impressive. Um, and I'm pretty confident that he'll be getting a number of player month awards moving forward this season. It's not this month, unfortunately. Yeah, I, th- I think to be honest, I'd, I'd maybe extend unsung hero to perhaps the wing backs. I mean, and we're going to talk a little bit later on about maybe some stuff from wing backs which wasn't so good. And you know, we have conceded quite a few goals from crosses, but I think you know, I've got we've got a little theory of how maybe it's not necessarily the wing backs' faults. Um, but I think defensively, especially Norman, I think he's been spot on. And going forward, Harvey's been quite good the other end. So I'm going to go wingbacks just for my unsung hero. I like um, it. Moment of the month. I think this is a bit different. I mean, I guess it could be a goal. But for me, I think it was almost it's it was almost twofold. And it was the Wrexham game. I think it's, you know, obviously. Um, but I think the the sort of... When we were, what, 10 minutes in and we were 2-0 up, it was sort of that five, 10 minutes after where it's like, what the hell has just happened? <laughs> um, but then also at full time, you know, it was sort of, it was a fresh start. Everyone was together at the end. Um, the full time whistle had gone. And it, I mean, we were forward up and I still wasn't necessarily confident because of how dominant Wrexham had looked at points. And I think they're going on to show actually what a dominant force they can be. So I think that after that game, you know, I think we everyone knew what a statement win it was. So I think just celebrating that that Wrexham win at the end with the manager and the players, I think that was for me probably my favourite moment of the of the month of August. Yes, yeah, a great shout. Um, I'm gonna go with another away game. I'm gonna go with Colchester after that third goal went in. Um, I I was pretty shocked to be honest. I think some people around me knew I was completely amazed by that comeback and. All people for Matt Dennis to score as well, a player that, as we've mentioned on this podcast, we all thought was kind of not exiled, but definitely out of the team for the foreseeable future. Uh, to come on and score a pretty a pretty good goal, to be fair, uh, finish as well. And yeah, the away end was absolutely all over the place for that one. Um, so yeah, great day in the end. Uh, obviously, it's lovely sunshine as well in Colchester. And take the three points from that was uh, absolutely massive. Can't fault that at all. Can't fault that at all. Goal of the month. I think are we. I think rather than do the, the sort of magnitude, I think we're gonna. I think it's probably best to go based on like the skill of the yeah. goal. Really, I think is that fair. Um, I think Isis. No, 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 no. No. I'm, I'm, oh, I was gonna say Isis at Wrexham, but then actually there was another one in the Wrexham game which I think stands out above the, the others, and that's got to be Jonathan Lecko's at Wrexham. It's a great goal. I, I will. I will put Alex Gilby's goal against Colchester up there as well. I think, I think that's a great finish, but not necessarily like a... But yeah, you know, no, I, I think, I think you're well right. Lekos was the best goal, for sure. Obviously, the, the chop right. and then on, on yeah. the weak foot as well, that's a pretty impressive finish. Wraps yeah. on the box. Although he was up against a now-retired goalkeeper. 
who's, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, moment of the month as well, potentially Daniel Harvey going and consoling uh, Ben Foster after the game with a big yeah. grin on his face. Very um, good shout. Oh, God, that was, that was uh, looking back, that was quite a, a highlight as well. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a positive month, hasn't it? I think the month of August, we started September not so well, which we'll get on to. But, yeah, I think uh, all things considered, we've made a decent start to the season. Yeah, I mean, that kind of was, you know, was signed off by Doncaster match, right, wasn't it? I mean, you know, it's it was a home win. Um, was it the performance that maybe some Don's fans wanted, the domination some Don's fans wanted? Probably not. But again, like we mentioned in previous episodes, I think this new MK Don's team, I'll be surprised if they dominate many teams at all this year, um, like they did against Wrexham for the most part anyway and things like that. So... I know some of you guys' three-word reviews of um, this can't last and John Samuel and needs to improve for Finn is fair enough, but I think it's also pretty fair that when Chris says everyone counts, you know, that, that's all that matters. And particularly when we were still trying to recruit some players and the likes of uh, Harrison, uh, Stewart, um, Tom, uh, yeah, Tomlinson weren't in the door yet. So, I mean, looking back at the game, um, I remember I watched it from a different angle. I usually actually watched it from more of a central sort of half-line, halfway line view and... I think the first half, there is definitely similarities between the Doncaster and the crew game. And I think in the first half, we were given so much time on the football. And I think ultimately that's where we had most of our luck in terms of attacking. And people like Lecco could bring it down and run at defenders and take them on. And ultimately that's where the the goal came from. A bit of a bit of chaos from that. And Dan Harvey could run running on the edge of the box and tap it in to make it one nil and get his second goal of the season. Um I think after that in the first half, you know, we mentioned about foul in the preview and I think he caused us a fair few issues. Um, I think he had like three shots on target in the first half, something like that, and definitely tested Macca quite a few times. But I think we dealt with it well enough. And then, of course, um, you know, a short corner um, and some good set-piece work led to was managing to get the better, better as a defender and make it 2-0 with a pretty nice header from the edge of the box. And I think most, most of us are pretty feeling pretty comfortable after that. And we probably just got another Frugit Lecco actually before that. So it should have been at least 2-0, maybe 3-0 before half time. And yeah, you're feeling pretty happy. Uh, heading into the second half and, you know, you expected a reaction from Doncaster and they certainly gave us that one. Um, obviously, their the goal comes from a bit of build-up play. I think the, the team is pretty spread. The midfield and the back line are pretty spread. And that leaves Molyneux one-on-one on one with Dan Harvey. Um and you know people who've been following non-league know how good of a player Luke Molyneux actually is and he takes it away with the bottom corner to make it two one and make it a bit of a nervy finish. Um, felt without getting into too much maybe Joe's thoughts. Thought Don's were very like chaotic and almost rushed at times. Um, obviously they're trying to catch out Doncaster in the possession of the football and try and cause problems in the transition. But even when they were in transition, it was very like rushed and uncommunicated and. Ended up backfiring on us as Donny for me were actually catching us on the transition, um, like we did to them in the first half, very much um the other, other side of the coin. So I mean, a win is a win, Joe. Um, and I think we're saying that a lot this season. I hope we're saying that a lot this season, but it certainly wasn't a comfortable one. No, and I think it was again a sort of similar tale of two halves. Um the first half again we come out really well and we scored two goals when we we're on top. And that's one, it, it's a good habit to be into. Um, I think, you know, the, there's an old adage, sometimes you can score too early. But I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I mean, in reality, you'd rather be 1-0 up than not. <laughs> you know, I think it's that's how it is, right? Um, and I think that, I think when they got their goal, they kind of just, 
it's, it was another team that changed, you know, changed tactics at half time. They brought off um, their, they brought off a couple of players um, on, at, at half time. They made two changes, and you know, they sort of just went for it. Really, we didn't have a shot in the second half. Uh, we found it quite difficult to get out. Um, but I think actually, you know, when Dawson Dubois went off, I think we kind of lost a little bit in the middle there um, in terms of just that little bit of control, which we really exerted in the first half. And of course, Dawson Dubois did get one of the assists. Um, you know, just looking Dawson Dubois, he, he seven passes into the final third in 60 minutes. Um, he didn't he didn't complete many passes, but he was quite influential whenever he did get on the ball. And, you know, his first thought was to go forward. Um, and I thought that... Um, you know, when MJ Williams came on, actually he did sweep up quite well. And in or in reality, they didn't necessarily have lots and lots of chances. Um, Doncaster, and I think we did overall, we probably did enough to win it. But I think um, maybe the probably the weakest part of our game is just seeing out the games. Um, I mean, not seeing out them as such, but being more comfortable when we are ahead. And I think team, because we're, so good in the first half. Teams are just changing things so dramatically and it maybe caught us a little bit, not caught us cold as such, but naturally you're going to drop back if you've got that lead. And um, But, you know, it must be said we didn't actually really give away any huge chances. Um, and so I think, yeah, we can be pleased with the win, but I think, you know, definitely there's, you know, you wouldn't have said it was a complete performance there was definitely things still lacking. And then, but you've also got to remember as well, at this point, we didn't necessarily have the sort of the depth of options off the bench, which we do have now. Um, and obviously Mo came off injured. Um, Leco, it just wasn't happening for him, unfortunately. And I think, you know, a couple of players just had a slightly off day. Tommy Smith, I don't think he was great either. He came off towards the end. Um so, yeah, look, we did win the game. And I think, yeah, first half, we were good value for the 2-0 win. Um, but just a, perhaps a bit of a similar theme starting to emerge just in terms of second halves. Um, and so, yeah, I think you can't read too much into this game. I mean, we, we then saw Doncaster three days later absolutely dominate. They did almost the opposite in terms of they were went 1-0 up against Everton and they were, were really good value for it. So I think this Doncaster team is in a false position as such and we gave them a little bit of confidence at the start of the second half and then they really went for it, essentially. And in the end, I think you've just got to look back on it as, OK, right, we weathered the storm um, and we held on. Well, no, not necessarily held on. We we just we, we got the win. And um, I think, you know, you can take that as a positive, but hopefully... In future games, it's not a, a theme, which, you know, I think we've seen in a couple of games now. So I think that's my that was my takeaways after the game. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they're all completely fair. And I think I said, I think there is a, there is a theme popping up. And I say I, I noticed it in, in both games this week and also both games since the last recording. And it seems to be this sort of transition from like just pure like aggression and full metal pedal to metal football in the first half or the first period of games and then this sort of procrastination um in in particularly the second half and let's say we have the leads and I'm not saying it's I mean I say we storm this time for sure at Doncaster but I think there's only so many times you can weather that storm and before it you know strikes you down a little bit and I think if we you know we, we touch on the crew game that's probably 
a good example of when you know, the storm does strike you in many senses. You know, I think I think it's fair to say the the first half, or at least the first period of the first half, you, know, you could argue that we played the best football of the season so far, really. Um, yes, the goal is a bit of a fortunate one. You know, it's a bit of a chaos in the box, and Leko benefits off a lucky deflection, but definitely deserved the lead for sure. Like the the football we were playing, the we catalyzed all the chances, and you know, it was I think many of the performances that maybe Don's fan expected going to crew. Um, but I think after towards the end of the first half, in particular, you know, Crew slowly got into the game, and I think you know they were starting to create chances. Of course, the cross came into the box, which just went wide, which Maka just about dealt with. But I think I know you mentioned this point yourself, Joe. But in the second half, I think they switched to four four two. It was in the end, and it allowed then number ten to essentially attack Tommy Smith constantly because the fullbacks were quite high up, and you know Don's just. We were noticed they just kind of let it let it happen. Ah, uh, I didn't really see much of a change till it was almost too late, and then you know, before you know it, you're three one down. And I just felt they gave Crew a bit too much time on the football, um, and didn't really wake up a sense as a sense. And I think you sense frustration from the fans and uh, after the game and during the game as well. But obviously, you were at the stadium. How did you feel about it all? Yeah, I think um, again, it was a really good start from us. Um, I think Crew had maybe one or two shots in the first half. I'll just double check that. But I remember they had sort of one flick, um, like flick from across. Um, and that didn't come. Yeah, so they had two shots in the first half. One of them was just like a flick from across. And the other one was just um, a right footed shot in the 40th minute. So they had yeah. two shots and they're in the 30th and the 40th minute. And up until then, it was quite we were just swarming them. That's the best way I could put it, really, in that first half. Um, I thought Gilby, Lecco especially, was just absolutely popping up everywhere. And, you know, he got his goal. Um, and then, they, I think they made some tweaks. And again, it, we kind of got caught out. And there was a couple of warning signs in the first half. There was a couple of really good crosses that just yeah. whipped across. And you were like, oh, that was quite close. Um, and then they bring off a defender... Um, and they bring off a, a wing back, sorry, and bring on the, a winger in Shiloh Tracy, and that just stretched us. I think they changed to like a four-three-three at this point, something like that. And from then on, we were on the back foot, really. Um, and having watched the goals back, I really got to say, you know, I've, I think for the first goal, um, you're looking at, yes, yeah, sorry. All right, go for it. For the first goal, I think you're looking at, you know, Tommy Smith. He, he just kind of backs off and doesn't really go in for the man. Um, I think it's a combination between Harvey and Smith for the second and uh, was for the third. And all the goals sort of came out from out wide as such. Now, in the first half, one thing that I did see was there was a cross that went in and, you know, it was sort of a similar situation from where Crew got their goals. And... Um, Ethan Robson was being absolutely blasted by Dan Harvey and Ethan Robson actually got called over by Graham Alexander in the middle of the game and you could see that he was having a real good go at him and I think that the way this system is and how attacking our fullbacks are now being asked to play you've now got a situation where I think it's down to you know sort of Gilby on the right and Ethan Robson on the left to be covering them essentially and I think when in the friendlies I think you could almost hear at times as well, like Graham Alexander telling the midfielders, get wider, get wider, because they need to sort of cover for the for the wing backs at times. And I think for the first goal, it goes straight over Harvey's head. 
because he's you know in attacking position and also the wing backs are an important part of our press at some points you know the wing backs are almost as high as the forwards so i think it is it is for the central midfielders to sort of kind of put a shift in as such and actually track back and make sure that we're not being overloaded out wide and I think that, that we just didn't do that well enough on Saturday. Um, that's from a defensive point of view. Going forward, um, you know, Ash Hunter, after a decent start and looking quite good, um, then goes off with what's suspected to be a, a hamstring injury. Yeah. And sort of from that point, we just struggled to get out and struggled to keep hold of it. Um, Lecco, again, you know, he, not for a want of trying, he was doing really well. Um, Max Dean, again. I think he he had a couple of good moments, but just consistently we just couldn't get the ball up the pitch. And I think you know in the middle of the pitch, Dawson Devoy. We've said countless times how many good how good he has been on the ball, but I think there was a lot of space in behind him. Um, and then I think we just made a few changes at the end, and it kind of disrupted our flow a little bit. You know, lots of new players coming on the pitch. Um, so overall, I think you know really good signs in the first half, um, but. I think, you know, when you look at the fact that our top goal scorer was missing in Mo Issa, uh, our new star striker, you know, Ellis Harrison, he was missing. Uh, MJ, ha- uh, MJ Williams, probably, you know, he, he's been brought in and it, and he's he's basically the sweeper. He sweeps up a lot of the mess and he's, he's really physical in that middle area um, where Dawson is much more of getting on the ball and Dawson, you know, I think helped keep helped us apply so much pressure in the first half. But in the second half, when it was going the other way, I think there were times where he maybe, you know, was a little bit not out of his depth as such, but we got caught out and they were just getting through us a little bit too easily. Um, so I don't necessarily think the manager done too much wrong. I just think that a lot of players, uh, we, we, we can't not limp to the end in terms of, but it's... We, we, you know, we've got players coming in and out. We've got new players who've only played, you know, a couple of games, still getting up to speed with the likes of Dawson, who's, you know, covered well, but, you know, he's not an MJ Williams. He's he's more of a ball player from deep. And when you need to kind of see out a game, MJ Williams came on at Doncaster and helped us sort see out that game. I think we missed that sort of steal in midfield to help us see out the game. Um, and then, yeah, out wide, I think that the wing-backs could have done with a bit more support uh, from the central midfielders. Because I think Gilby was good going forward. But again, you know, Norman and Woz, um, you know, Woz, you can maybe question for the third goal. It comes sort of down yeah. that side and gets cut across. Um, so I think it's uh, it's just as simple as sometimes just a little bit of 1v1 one 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 defending, making the right choices in right areas and just kind of covering your man. And I think Graham Alexander kind of feels similar because it, it wasn't necessarily... And because we didn't necessarily get dominated in that second half, but the three goals we gave away were really poor. And he said we were the architects of our own downfall. He said there were certain principles that weren't being met. And, you know, you can forgive good play in, from other teams. And I don't think crew were bad at all. I think crew, you know, they did play well. However, I think quite a few of them goals, just, you know, if you've just got an extra man covering or someone that takes a foul for the team or... You know, when the, when the wing is about to go through, just just take him out and just concede the free kick, you know, out wide or, you know, this sort of thing. I think we just need to get a bit more smart. And I think, you know, I'm with Graham and with, I don't think he did much wrong, to be quite honest. And we did go change to a four at the back and try and go for the game a little bit. And then they get a goal towards the end when we're a bit stretched. But, I mean, I'd rather lose 3-1 and, you know, have a chance. Because, you know, at that Colchester game, we could have easily 
just kind of sat still and and um, not risked anything. But the manager risked it and we won 3-2. He risked uh, it and went a bit more attacking in this game and we lost 3-1. But I'd rather yeah. we actually went for it because, you you know, you could, can get your just rewards. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think there's a few things which, I'd, you know, you'd pick out and say we need to do that better. But again, I think that we've got solutions in the squad which will help us do that. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's mega, concern, mega concerning. Obviously, very disappointed to lose and it wasn't good enough at times. But I think we just want that sort of consistency throughout the 90 minutes. I think that's what is the next step. And I feel like having those extra options, you know, as I mentioned, you know, if, you're, if you've got Mo Weisser on, on the pitch starting and Lecco starting, and then all of a sudden you can bring on Ash Hunter and then you can bring on Jack Payne and then you can bring on Ellis Harrison. In that sort of situation, it's real, you know, it's you're not substituting someone and then just a bit of fresh legs to run around. It's real quality that continue the start you had. In the middle as well, you know, just substituting some legs on that can really just power us on. Because, you know, we've seen Dawson off the bench be really good going forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you have MJ and then, you know, Robson for Dawson, I think is a substitution we've seen a few times work quite well. Um, so, yeah, I think I wouldn't be throwing, what was it, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I wouldn't Probably be doing that quite yet. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be doing that quite yet. Um, I think we know where we are and there's definitely things to work on. But as we said, we you know, we, we're still a good team. Um, yeah. I think just some things need to be tweaked, um, especially, you know, sort of maybe in wide areas. But yeah, we'll 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 lick ourselves down and um, lick our wounds and go again on Saturday, I guess. Well, I mean, I just had a little a little brainwave, and we'll, we'll end. Well, this will be that topic moving to the Notts County game. But obviously, we spoke a lot of the wide areas and the need for the midfield to essentially, well, really cover it better. Let's just be real. Why now? And I had personnel in the group. What? I'll spend my rush now behind this, but maybe we should go to a four one two one two diamond and have the four midfielders. Because if we want a sweeper in there, MJ Williams, we can do. He can be the tip of the diamond. If you want the two runners, we can do Robertson and Gilby. And then if you want maybe more of a not traditional ten, but maybe an eight, you have the likes of obviously Connor Grant. You have Jack Payne. You have Dawson Devoy, as you've mentioned. And then you can still have your two up front in Isa and Lecco, who can cause massive issues. And if you even want to, you can make it. You can make it a more, maybe more of a unique front three where Payne or whoever is pressing alongside Isa and Lecco and creating transitions and creating a bit of a bit of nuisance. For me, the only question on that front is: Does it limit the fullbacks? It would be there rather than wingbacks in Norman and Harvey. That's the only real question for that. But if you, if you brief. Robson and Gilby enough to cover that area whilst they so they're less attacking. Um, then you'd like to think that covers off us getting exposed in the wings to one on one situations and the lack of cover. So, just an idea, yeah. No, I, I, on paper, it sounds amazing, but so does my football manager saves. <laughs> you know, it's, I guess, I guess, um, you know, we can only sort of brainstorm and that, but I think at the end of the day, we. We, not many teams, if any, have scored more goals than us this season. True. So I think going forward, it really not isn't necessarily an issue. I think it's just that those last sort of that last half an hour, um, just seeing games out when we are ahead as such, um, and actually posing a bit of a threat in that last half an hour as well. And I think that the squad, how it's started to come together, you know, 
we we had to make four signings in the last two days of the window, just you know, due for availability and whatever reason. I'm sure if we could, we'd have had them all here on the first of July, but we're not privy to what goes on behind closed doors. Um, so I think, yeah, I, th- I think we're not far off. It's just tweaks and and um, consistency, I think. But I think the raw ingredients are there now. Now the raw ingredients are there. We were saying, you know, we're missing this, we're missing that. And, you know, Anthony Stewart as well. If there's any defender in League One or League Two that you'd want defending your box, I think he's he's up there. You know, I yeah. remember Derby away. The amount of crosses they were putting in and his head was like a bloody magnet. Uh, Wickham away, similar. I know that, you know, we conceded two goals in the Wickham game, blah, blah, blah. But I think, you know, he's the sort of player now where, because I actually think Jack Tucker, he's he's our best 1v1 defender in terms of, you know, with people dribbling through, etc. So I actually think maybe if Tucker was out on one of them wide positions where Tommy Smith's been or, when Hutt, or where Warren's been, I think that suits him better, um, Tucker, personally. Um, and then maybe you have Stewart in the middle, just bombing everything away that comes near him and protecting that sort of six-yard box. So I just feel that. But, you know, again, we're just sort of... We're, we're spitballing. I'm, I'm spitball, yeah, spitballing here, and I'm throwing some ideas around. But I think we've now got... He's got some real options where and flexibility, whereas at the start of the season, we've kind of had sort of 13 players we've been going into games with. Now it's sort of 16, 17 of a group that you, it looks like he trusts and he's brought in 11 himself. So I'm, I think we've got a good foundation now to build on that. And I think that, you know, if in six weeks time we're still making these mistakes, then yeah, I think we can maybe start to ask some more questions. Um, but I think we know what's not going well. I think the good thing is we kind of know what's go- not going well. So it's yeah. something that, you know, I'm sure they there's a team of people working on it. So if we if we were just consistently bad, then I'd be worried. But it's nowhere near like that. It's just a you know a sloppy second half with some sloppy goals. Um, we'll we'll bounce back from that, and hopefully on Saturday. Yeah, I say a lot of time on training pitch now for these sort of next three to four games. Um, maybe besides the uh, Sutton game, the Papa John's game coming up for Oxford. But yeah, plenty of time for Alexander and Co to work on some things and heading into some big league games. And of course, starting off with Saturday. Of a top two clash already this season at Stadium K against Notts County. Uh, and after this break, we'll get into our opposition overview on that game. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the latest Opposition Overview and a big one, obviously, this weekend. 
first versus second or second versus first, depending on when we word it. Not County are coming to the UMK and we are absolutely delighted to welcome Landy and Jacob, who are both Not County fans, onto the podcast. So, Landy, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Uh, pretty good start season with both of us. Obviously, me and Joe saw you, well, you both and Jacob at Wembley. Uh, I'll start with yourself, Landy, and go on to Jacob. How how was that day out at Wembley and obviously get back into the Football League? Oh, the, I mean, the actual day out at Wembley was probably up there. It's probably the best day of supporting the club. But then uh, the game, not so enjoyable until that last penalty went in, really. It's, uh, <laughs> it goes with the um, Bournemouth game as well. Just an absolute rollercoaster of emotions, really. So to get the job done was just such a relief, especially spending four years down there. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean... That... Jacob, when I saw that Bostock penalty hit the hit the bar, I was like, oh, here we go. But you got, you got over the line in the end and uh, a pretty good start to the season after that as well. Yeah, the Bostock penalty was my fault, I think, because it was the only one of our penalties I actually watched. All the others, I was kind of staring off at the crowd. And I thought, oh, we got a penalty in Andy. Or how, you know, if he misses, we're still in it. I'll watch this one. And he, he managed to hit the bar. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was kind of... A bit like the Ola last season, it was just exhausting, to be honest. Yeah. The old day and the whole kind of stress of going for that one spot and then missing out and it coming down to that one game. So, you know, we've been really good the start of this season, but it's been quite nice that it's a bit more chilled as well. Like we got pasted at Sutton on the first day and we we're all kind of like, eh, what can you do? It's all right. You know, we so long so as any time we drew a game last season, it was the end of the world, sort of thing. Yeah, because the intensity from Wrexham was like so, so, so high. And obviously, yeah, yeah. I get it. But I mean, Landy, like you're, you're top of the league, obviously, don't have much to complain about, or do you? Uh, to complain about at the minute, my only qualm with the squad is we should have signed a central midfielder purely for backup because, uh, we lost Badge Rami in the in the Carabao Cup game and he's meant to be out for the season. And I don't think Jim O'Brien's quite got the legs for it. So ideally I'd have wanted to send him mid, but other than that, I'm very happy with the squad with everyone stepped up as well. And the new additions like Crowley, McGoldrick and Stone, who have been the most starters out of the new lot, they've all been really good as well. So I think the squad is looking good and I'd imagine we'll probably get a top seven finish this season. Yeah, um, I mean, with, with the personnel you've got in your squad, you, you'd like to think so. And obviously the manager and Luke Williams as well, obviously uh, someone that MK fans know very, very well, obviously from his time with Russell Martin at the club, uh, was very much deemed the, and I thought the mastermind, definitely the the brains behind his system initially. And obviously he came to yourselves now and took you back into the Football League and had a pretty good start. Obviously there was some, I know certain person on this podcast are very critical of uh, his, his defensive style, but you know, you're top of the league currently, Jacob, and you know, he's a he's a very well respected coach, I'd say. The job Williams has done here really has been beyond kind of any anyone's wildest dreams, I think. Because he, he came in as a relative unknown. You'd sort of heard of him and known known he'd been about a few clubs as kind of assistants and coaches and had a good reputation, but it was hard to kind of know what kind of manager he was going to be, really, because it's been so long since his spell at Swindon that you're going to change quite a lot over that kind of 10 years or whatever it's been. But he's, you know, he's certainly he's the first manager we've had almost in my time supporting us who's become almost an icon, really. He's beyond everyone loves him. 
And he's he's achieved something quite surprising, I think, because Knott's... I'm way too young for kind of Jimmy Cyril, who's our sort of iconic, legendary manager. But since him, we've probably had three, you'd say, who've been successful in Neil Warnock, Sam Allardyce and Steve Cottrell, who all obviously have quite a similar kind of view on football and way of playing, which I think means that there's a lot of people at Notts who thought that was the only way you could be successful. So for Williams to come in so and kind of change that perception so quickly and the you know it's at the point now it, it almost doesn't what matter what decisions he's making he's he's got kind of the you can tell all of his players believe everything he's saying and that the fans are just completely behind and every decision and we're just you know we're incredibly entertaining and keep winning so you could you can't really argue yeah, no, completely agree. And I think one of those, you know, sort of the players, and I think one of the key players, was not only last season, but this season as well, has been, has been Longstaff, right? You know, if, if you look at it from a data perspective, and I think myself and Joe are a massive data people, you know, if you filter it down to players and non-penalty expected goals, you know, Lang- Langstaff is, is right there in terms of the highest in the league at 0.74 per 90. Um, so Landy, his his impact obviously last season, but also this season, he's he's managed to carry over. And are you quite surprised that he's still a, a county player? Um, I'm not surprised he's still a county player, but I'm surprised there was no like actual proper rumours. Like you hear, you see his name linked here and there, but there's nothing like concrete really. So I am a bit surprised he did sign a new long term deal, but I'd imagine there's some sort of related thing where we get a much better fee if he continues such and such form. At the end of the day, he exceeded everyone's expectations massively. I think if he scored half of those goals last season, he'd still been an absolute hero. So to get was it 42, incredible. And then, yeah, four in six games or whatever the season. And particularly on Saturday, he, um, I think that was his best performance. I'm not sure. Is It worked his absolute socks off to close it down. Um, absolutely ridiculous. I'm so lucky to have such a good player at this level. Absolutely. And whilst you're great attacking wise, I know Joe, you expressed some concerns pre season regarding some defensive issues. Do you want to leave with that? I mean, yeah, I've I've been quite familiar with um, Knox County, having been to a few games with uh, Landy myself. And one thing that I I often voice to you, which maybe wasn't exploited as much in the National League, was perhaps the defensive high line, which I think in the playoffs actually against, you know, the better opposition in the National League was targeted by Borenwood and by Chesterfield and then also in the away game at Wrexham. So, Jacob, how do you feel that... Has Luke Williams adjusted anything to League Two or have you found yourselves maybe... I mean, I think the Sutton game where you conceded five was a bit of an anomaly, um, but how have you found the, you know, the defensive line and, and the personnel as well? Because the personnel hasn't really changed too much, has it? No, to be honest, I was a bit worried pre-season from a couple of games. I mean, he played Stoke at home and he Williams had a poor kind of 18-year-old kid marking Tyrese Campbell on on the halfway line. They just kept going, all right, we'll just stick the ball in behind him then. I think we lost 5-1 or something. But he's been a bit more pragmatic with it in the game so far. Um, like on Saturday, Accrington were kind of noticeably pressed as very high. And we're looking to to exploit the high line as well. So we both went a bit more direct and dropped off a bit. 
but it's it's one of those things that's risk reward with knots. I think the defensively is always going to be the kind of thing teams will look to target. But I think it's more a case of the way we play will always give teams a couple of chances than we're bad at defending. And I think it's the trade-off we're making is teams will always have maybe one, two, one-on-ones against our goalkeeper in a game. But it means we concede so few kind of crosses into the box and second balls around the edge of the box and set pieces, which probably how the majority of goals are scored at this kind of level. So if we can kind of play really high and avoid that issue a lot, it'll cost you sometimes. And it, you know, it costs us at certain where we're chasing the game with 10 men and wouldn't change it. And we're probably a bit naive there and could have gone, all right, opening day of the season, we'll take our medicine and, you know, just lose 2-0. Don't keep chasing away back into the game and conceding again and again. But since then, it's worked relatively well. It's not been kind of, it's not looked hugely more problematic than it did last season, I wouldn't say. And I think as well, I saw that I think only one team has conceded like a lower XG this season than yourselves. And I think that obviously a big part of that would be the the possession that you guys keep. And Dan, I think one of your more, uh, um, you know, sort of... Uh, unsung heroes would be Matty Palmer in, in the engine room sort of thing and alongside him you've got the sort of the, the quality of a, a sort of a wonder kid prodigy who's now kind of dropped down the leagues a little bit but he still does possess the quality in John Bostock so how important are those two to how you play? Literally those two are yeah you'd argue the most important in the team and that's why it goes back to earlier how um our lack of central midfielders because they're basically irreplaceable so like to not have any backup at all does worry me a bit. But yeah, like you can see in, in Bostock, especially like why he was so highly rated, so high up. I don't, I don't know what happened, why he's fell down the leagues, but he looks happy here. He's enjoying his football. He's, he absolutely loves it here. So, and yeah, to go alongside that with the quality, he's, he's a ridiculous player. And yeah, Palmer, I think he got player of the year season before last. And you can see why he just, now we've got Bostock alongside him, it's a bit better, but if you took Palmer out of that team, that we just fell apart really every time. And uh, a former Don, just to, just to single out one, another player, uh, there'll be a former Don making his return to Stadium MK. And uh, some people might not recognise him, but it's the uh, goal scoring um, the goal scoring um, phenomenon that is uh, Adam Chickson. So, oh, I mean, Dan, just to describe his season last year, because I think he he almost trebled his previous goals uh, tally in one season or something. Yeah, well, um, uh, a few years ago when he when he joined under Ardley, he, he didn't look up to much and he looked very out of favour. Then Birchall came in and he played sort of the left centre-back role and he looked much improved. And then since Williams comes in, he's, he's put him at left wing-back and I, I don't know what he's feeding him or anything, but he just arrives at the back stick and will just poke it home every time he's got Say, I think he got the winner at Chesterfield away last season, which was obviously very important. And yeah, like yeah, double figures for someone who'd not even reached double figures in their whole career is is quite an achievement for him. He's a bit unfortunate that now uh, Jody Jones is fully fit and, and that he's uh he's took his position as such. But uh, I think he's going to be starting Saturday with Jones and international duties, so I'm sure it'll be a a welcome applause from the Stadium MK faithful. Absolutely. And obviously, both of you guys tend to say NK on Saturday. Uh, Jacob, are you boys confidently getting a result here or are you a bit nervous? Um, 
I wouldn't say nervous particularly. I think you've got you've probably got the strike force of the teams that we've come up against so far that looks possibly best placed to exploit that high line. But it's quite odd to be nervous when you've got the record we have in the last year or so. It just becomes a sort of going into games expecting to to kind of win and and one of the things Williams has done is even if you don't win every game, you're kind of confident now we'll go anywhere into any kind of game and attack and try and win it and kind of push people forward and, and try and entertain people. There's no sort of ideas that we're going to go anywhere and sit back and, and try and get a draw as, you know, probably cost us in the end in that six-pointer with Wrexham um, back end of last season where we were, you know, kept getting caught out on the break while dominating the game with the ball. But I would expect a, a kind of similar similar thing on Saturday. We'll probably have our usual kind of 65, 70% possession, but the opposition will always get chances because of the way we play. 1-1 one, one would be my my call, I think. Nice. Last of stalemate. You feeling the same, Dan? Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I'd say it's, it's nice to be involved in a firstly second again. That's like the second time in <laughs> 10 games. So not to sound a bit happy clapper, but it's just nice to be there kind of thing. But um, now, like, second what Jacob says, the, the strike force is most worrying we've come up against. Like, my wife says clearly a class above. Uh, but yeah, I think definitely definitely take a draw there. But I can see us getting a win. But our record against MK Dons in in your whole history, we've only um we've only beat you once. So that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so, we've had some so bad we, trips. We, yeah. yeah, but we under Stadium William we MK. have ended we have ended um quite a few little bogey teams like Yeovil and Accrington most recently. So fingers crossed. Yeah, well, I hopefully have a miserable day out uh, on Saturday, but thank you very, very much for coming on to the podcast and giving us a lowdown on County. And uh, we'll see you on Saturday, I suppose. Thank you very much for having us. Good chance. Thanks very much. Thanks once again to Jacob and Dan for coming on to the podcast. So, Joe, they, they seem seem fairly confident. Obviously, you know, I think most, most times when you see a, a promoted team going up against a recently relegated team, You'd usually think the uh, relegate team has a bit of an advantage, but I think with this one, it's quite a 50 50 split. Yeah, I think if anything, I'd maybe even make them slight favourites purely because I, I do just think they're that good. <laughs> I mean, I think the bookmakers have them second or third favourites, and that's sort of seventh or eighth. And I still I th- I do think that we're a top seven team, definitely, but I think that they're a team that are probably going to be pushing for the automatic promotion um, with likely with Wrexham in the, coming, in the coming weeks. I think we've seen that Wrexham, you know, they're unbeaten in five now. They're really starting to assert themselves on games. Um, and I think their style of play is going to be suited to a pitch at Stadium MK. I mean, I wish yeah. they could have come in like February when it's, uh, <laughs> you know, the pitch has maybe not had as much sunlight and it's been torn up a little bit throughout the season. Um, I, if we, I, to be quite honest with you, if we get a draw, I think that'll be a good result. And I know that sounds really negative, but I really just rate them that highly. Um, one player we didn't even mention was David McGoldrick, who was yes, yeah. one of the. I think he was in the team of the year for last season, and I think he won PFA Player of the Year in league in the league above last season. And um, obviously, he's a boyhood Notts County fan, so that's why he's gone there. Um, their team just is stacked with quality, 
and they've got a brilliant coach. And I think, but I think Jacob also he made some valid points when actually, if you look at the game against Wrexham, Wrexham imposed themselves on us, but we were able to pick them off on the counter attack. Now, whether we can do something similar there, you know, I think there is, you know, people like Brindley and Kyle Cameron and Rawlinson, especially Rawlinson, he's, you know, a pretty good defender of the box, but I wouldn't say he's, you know, the most mobile. So I think that, you know, there are potentially some um, areas that we could look to exploit on the counter-attack. And I think that that's, if we're going to pull something off, I think that's where it's going to be. And I think we do have the tools to do it. Um, But I I think one all draw, I think is probably where I'm looking with this one as well. Um, and of course, you know, hopefully MJ Williams is back. Hopefully Ice is back. Um, and then I think we do look a lot a lot stronger from the, from the start then. Yeah, I think you covered it really well there, mate. I think, um, yeah, with their patient style, the counter-attack is on an transition is going to be the key to winning this game. And yeah, I, I had counted win the league at the start of the season. Um, and I'm, I'm still fairly confident of that prediction, to be honest. Um, I think they're the best team in the league at the moment, clearly by their top of the league status and... Yeah, I think I think without getting too much of the injuries, I think not if we don't have Williams and Isa for this game, we could really, really struggle. Even with the additions we do have now, I think those two are pretty pivotal to getting a result here, particularly MJ, as you mentioned. So, yeah, hopefully they, they both pass the fitness tests and uh, get in the starting lineup, really, because we're going to need every single player and fan um, in the stadium to get through this one, I think. So, if you are thinking to come along, please do. And uh, back the boys. Okay, well, two podcasts done for the week, and I think that'll sign us off until next week, where we will preview another massive game at Stadium K at Stockport, um, as well as review the Notts County performance, see how we get on. But thank you very much for listening, as always, to the MK1 podcast, um, and we will see you next week. Come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.